We added Dave from Birmingham to a giant flaming bin. But he escaped before he died and started listening. We plugged our microphones into the internet. And said loads of really dumb shit we regret. Our name is Two Star Podcast and we're woke. We want you to enjoy this but you won't. Maybe it's like a minority report system where it just detected that this episode was going to be awful and it preemptively deleted it. Well, no, because then it would do that every single time we press the record button. Um, well, we I guess... Like one or two good episodes. Not within the last three years, I would say. No, one of the ones I edited was okay. There's been some good, there's been some good stuff. Yeah. The Guildford um, Cockerel one is a lot of fun. Yeah. But an absolute catastrophe towards the end. <laughs> That's a good description of the Guildford pub crawl. Yeah. I, uh, My phone screen is still cracked. I took some bigger boys from work out in Guildford last week. As we were. Yes, I saw the photographs. Yeah, we yes. had um, a meeting at the University of Surrey. And I said to them, if we're going down to Guildford, then we're going down the night before. And I'm going to show you all the places I've been sick. And that seemed to pique their interest. So I gave them a tour of places I had vomited. We took them to the Royal Oak, which I think is my favourite pub. I think that's mm. that's the pub that I liked the most when I was younger. And now if I think about mm. a good pub, that's sort of what I would go back to. I think it's spot on. And it turns out everywhere now serves neck oil on tap, which is brilliant. Yes. Um, I'd only ever found it in one pub before. And it's it's nice that it's just become ubiquitous. Um, so then we yeah went in the Royal Oak, sat out in the graveyard, which we never really used to do, to be fair. If we sat outside, we went out the steps out on Sindham Road, didn't we? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it was nice to sit in the graveyard anyway. And then we went to the Three Pigeons. Um, and then... The George Abbott, and they wanted to watch footballs. So while they were watching footballs, I went and got us loads of pizzas from Franco Manca. Nice. And then we went to the King's Head for a bit, and then tried to go into the Five and Nine, but it was shut. And it was. Uh, Is it still the Five and Nine? Um, no, probably not. But I can't remember what it was called. Oh, we tried to go to the Keep as well, which was the Mash Tun, but that was shut as well. Right. Okay. But nobody uh, got yeah. stabbed or beaten up for being a northern knob, which was good. Yeah, it's always a win. Yeah. Uh, went into the King's Head, and one of the guys I was with said to the barmaid, oh, he was telling me here um, that he used to work here. And I said, yeah, I did. Uh, and I started to do the maths and realised that it was before either of them were born. And I said, <laughs> no, sad. Yeah, that, that fits. So, uh, yep. So, yeah, probably more than half my life ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that fits. That's weird. Oh, it's got to have been, hasn't it? Yeah. Really? Because so, it, it was when I was still living in Guildford, I think. Yeah. Or was it after that? So then I went on a stag do on Saturday with some smaller boys, and I was the bigger boy, uh, mm. and I didn't disgrace myself. Which is excellent, massive bonus. 
Um, and me and uh, one of the other boys were judged by a homeless man. Yeah, uh, rightly so as well. So we uh, in like a, a biblical sense, or like just your clothing, or general demeanor. Well, he sort of judged us as your being actions. basically he judged us as being scum. Um, okay, yeah, it's yeah. hard to argue with that. Uh, with his conclusion, really, but we we went to kebab shop, and this guy he might have I assume he was homeless. He might have just been a Nottingham resident. Um, mm. It's very difficult to tell them apart. Yeah, and he came up and said, um, "I'm going to do it all of his voice in a Scouse accent because it sort of fits better." He didn't have one, but I think it will. It helps you get a clearer picture of what what we were dealing with. So mm. he came up and said, "Ah." Can I have some money? And uh, the guy I was with, who actually was from Liverpool, um, but didn't yeah. talk with a properly Scouse accent, uh, said, I haven't got any cash, but we're going to a kebab shop. I'll get you some food if you want. Which I thought was very decent of him, because I was mm. just going to say, no, I I want my money. It's mine. But he's a better person than I am. So he agreed that giving a tramp some food was a noble endeavour. And slight tangent, are you allowed to call them tramps anymore? I think not. Is it sort of a thing like prostitutes have to be sex workers now? Is it a similar yes. sort of thing for tramps? So what do you call them? I believe, and I'm very open to being corrected, it is unhoused people. Oh, God. Or people suffering from homelessness. Well, I mean, he was getting free pizza, so I don't know that he was necessarily suffering. That's. I think that's quite uh... experiencing. <laughs> yeah. Experiencing. That's okay. probably actually more. I mean, he may not have. I even... mean, that also make it sound like the kind of thing that a bunch of people do on their gap year. But so I don't. He may not even have been homeless, and I would use the word tramp, not necessarily mm. just to describe a homeless person, but somebody who sort, sort of, of had general pejorative like homeless energy. You could still have a home <laughs> and live like a tramp. Be a tramp, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look at Chris. So, I think, yeah, I mean, he may have been homeless, he may have just been a scally, I don't know, but anyway, he um, so we we went into the kebab shop and he said he would like a Donner meat pizza, um, but on account of having been drinking for quite a long time, that just became a meat pizza and we stood and waited for it. So well, and and they were quite slow in there. They were quite busy, but it was taking a long time for the pizza to arrive. And this scally mm. just sort of kept popping in every now and then, and saying, "Yeah, where's my pizza?" And we said, oh, "They haven't called us yet." And at one point, the guy I was with decided he was just going to eat some chips that he'd found, and they were just like out on the side. Nobody, heard, mm. nobody was doing anything with them, so he he just decided to claim them. And the guy came back in, and he said, "Where's where's mine?" And he said, "Oh no, this isn't the food we've ordered. I just found them." And he and he looked at him and said, "So you're just eating leftovers, are you?" <laughs> and uh, he said, "Yeah." And the guy just left, <laughs> just walked out. So uh, yeah, a, a homeless man passed judgment. Well, obviously, apparently, yeah, apparently he had standards. Yeah, well, yeah, and that I think that's that's quite a low point. Luckily, I wasn't eating any of the leftovers, but I imagine for Julian that would have been a major low point in his. Uh, in his existence. Um, but yeah, so then 
he came back in again and said, where's the pizza? And we said, I don't know, they haven't called us. So he marched him up to the counter and said, is his pizza ready? And they said, oh yeah, it's here. And it was just on the side. And so he took it. And that, maybe that was their whole system. They don't they don't let anyone know. They just get all the food and put it on the counter. Until and just leave it to you to figure out, either take your food or somebody else claims it before you. Until the tramp you've adopted comes and asks for it for you. It's kind of like a maitre d'. Or, or somebody steals your chips. Or somebody steals that chips. seems to be what actually <laughs> happened. Yeah, that's true, actually. It might just have been... Some guy, like, ten minutes later, are my chips ready yet? And the, oh, Oh, oh no, I ate them. Go, oh, it's fine. I thought they were leftovers, and they'll say you thought it was okay to eat leftovers. Uh, so yeah, he got his pizza. Um, we left. Uh, walked back. Tried to find a tram. Tram was shut. Um, but then some of the other boys found us and took us took us home in a ta- maybe a taxi. I assume it must have been a taxi. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was fun. But, um. Yeah, it just seemed like if that homeless man had had a Liverpool accent, that would have just fit his character a lot better, I think. Mm. So that's uh, that's what I've done over the last seven days. Wow, well, I mean, it's considerably more than I've done in the last seven days. Oh. Yeah. I've... I've, um, I've uh, 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 Things have occurred around me passively, but I've done very little. Mm, sort of like Richard Ashcroft in that. Um, verb video. Yeah, I've had some some wardrobes put in my bedroom, but okay. I wasn't involved in the process in any way. In in what sense they were put in your bedroom? As in, well, they're fitted wardrobes. Oh right, okay. so they were so... they were literally put put in my bed. Yeah, I, not just like left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> abandoned. Someone just... just walking past with some wardrobes and just like need to get rid of these shit wardrobes. So you've got very, yeah, so you've got um, all fitted wardrobes, very fancy. Yeah, I'll um, I'll send you pictures. So presumably um, you didn't. Well, I don't have a carpet at the moment, but well, why would you? Because it's all rolled up. Uh, you've gone rustic floorboards, I think is the. Uh, no, we have a a fetching purple underlay. Oh, that must be absolutely fucking horrible to walk on. Uh, yeah, which is why we are currently sleeping in the spare room. Well, you don't walk when you're asleep. Well, you, I suppose you might. If you sleepwalk. Yep. You could sort of like launch yourself into your bed from the doorway. It won't let me share the files because the files are too big. So I'm going to have to download them from Google Photos and then yeah, save I... them, which will reduce the size of the photos by a thousand percent. And then I'll be able to put them in Discord. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to imagine fitted wardrobes. No, I, I think you will I, see my wardrobes. I, I think <laughs> I sort of grasp the concept. And uh, Don't care. I am showing you my wardrobes. Okay. So, uh, why did you have fitted wardrobes? What's wrong with Ikea like a normal person? Um, because the one wall of our bedroom where uh, some of the wardrobes are going, if we had wardrobes with doors that opened rather than doors that slid... Uh, you wouldn't be able to open them because the bed would be in the way. That's not my problem. No, it would be my problem. I'm not going to store and anything so in your wardrobes. I decided to get fitted wardrobes that had slidey doors on them mm. so that I didn't have to um, dismantle the bed every time I wanted to get my pants out of the drawer. We wanted to have fitted wardrobes, but the dimensions of our room were such that that was a physical impossibility, apparently, according to all fitted wardrobe manufacturers. I, I 
I can't speak to that. I can say that they were really fucking expensive as well. Oh, uh, we, that was the other. Uh, when I say according to all fitted wardrobe man- manufacturers, I meant the IKEA Pax system. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's, I was going to say because uh, yeah, ours really was. Um, it was like you go through and you, you like because you, you, a lot of the stuff when we were doing the stuff with the bedroom, what have you? Like you have this idea in your head of like, I reckon it's going to cost about X. For any given thing, and obviously, as an idiot who knows nothing about you know any kind of of painting, decorating, or you know plumbing, electrical work, well, a little bit about electrical work, um, I'm usually completely wrong. Mm. Um, but like, I had numbers in my head of like, I reckon this is going to cost about whatever, oh. and then like they did the 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 fit, the the, um, the survey for the wardrobes, and they're like, right, it's going to be this much. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's like, are they solid gold-fitted wardrobes? Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out, no, they're not. They're just really expensive. Um, and if I'd got them done like 10 years ago, uh, it would have been substantially cheaper. And I would have had to wait four months for them because the lead times were insane. Why mm-hmm. Why 10 years ago? Why would that have made them cheaper? Has wardrobe technology well, progressed? I mean, well, no, to be fair, if I got them done like pre-pandemic, oh, it would have been substantially cheaper because... Price had just gone up. I mean, obviously, if I got it done in six months' time, it would probably cost more than the value of my house. So, you know, it swings yeah. and roundabouts. Now, wardrobes are one of those things for me, like washing machines, that I don't want to spend a substantial amount of money on on the basis that I don't want to spend a lot of money on anything that I could feasibly urinate into. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of things. It's most of them. That's why all of my stuff is so cheap. But that's why all of your stuff smells of weird. <laughs> yes, uh, that's true. But uh, I mean, a wardrobe, if you were to you know, become sufficiently uh, refreshed, then you might wake up in the night and try to get to your toilet for, um, for a wee, and you might accidentally go to the wardrobe and do a wee into that. So it seems stupid to spend a lot of money on. Something well, like that's that. why that's why we had an ensuite put into the bedroom to well, reduce that, the chances. Of that. No, I think if anything, that increases the chances because your brain is used to being able to open one to door, opening a door, and we. Yeah, you're yeah. right. No. I think sliding door is absolutely the right way to go for you because your brain at that point would think, "Hang on, I, my bathroom doesn't have a sliding door," and that's like a safety mechanism. Then, because no, that, that should shock you into consciousness. Yeah. That's the theory. Um, but yeah, so you know, I've got a door on my wardrobe, which to all intents and purposes functions the same way as the door into the ensuite. And I, I think yeah. that's asking for trouble. Yeah, you um, see, I've, I've slightly avoided that because the, door, the, the doors that we have on the wardrobe that aren't slidey are like the push to open things that have handles on, So whereas the, the bathroom door does. So. Mm. Okay, you might you might just get away with this then. I'd recommend you never let me sleep within pissing distance of your wardrobe. I mean, the solid recommendation is don't let me in your house because I will destroy your toilet. Yeah, but I'd rather. Well, yeah, I sort of don't hold that against you, and well, I mean, I do to the point that I've had to buy <laughs> two plungers now whilst hungover, and that's. You know, fine, it is what it I is. Mean, no, to be fair, the first time was Dan's fault. The second time, that's on you. Hang on, why was it on me? 
Fool me once. Oh, I see. Right. I, <laughs> no, I should have gone to an Airbnb with a plunger, knowing that Dan was also staying there. That is that is that. Yeah, that is on me. To be fair. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, most people will go through their entire life buying. I would guess if they are a particularly heavy user, maybe three plungers. I'm already at sixty six percent of my reasonable quota of plungers, mm. and uh, I still have the um, the plunger that I first bought when you. Uh... It's right. <laughs> it's like I've memorialized it. Said uh, in memory of Daniel Mercer's anus. No, but every now and then, if I have to give the you know, if I have to give nature a helping hand, not helping hand, but you know, if I have to. Take the plunger out and. Uh, Let's just give nature. Like, what yeah. are you doing with it? I'm doing a shit, which is natural, and it won't clear. So I'm yeah, having to help nature out with with man-made the technology. Toilet isn't natural. Um. No. Yep. That's a reasonable point. Okay. So when I'm helping out Victorian invention, when well, hang on. When was the plunger invented, do you think? I guess it's probably going to coincide pretty soon yeah, after Yeah, roughly, because you wouldn't have needed one when you were just, like, crapping out the window. I'm just going to get more booze, I'll be right back. This is probably for the best. Um, you know, or, or if you go back even further and you had, like, a man that would turn up and, like, shovel out your outhouse. Oh, imagine if that was still a thing and he just came around and plunged a toilet. Uh, plunge, I mean, these days... Plunge your toilet, governor! You know, or just like rocket, just like kids rocking up, knocking on the door. Yeah. And uh, for the particularly difficult jobs, they have a smaller boy who they send in. <laughs> Wait, stupid labour law, stop you doing that now. The unions. Oh, pro- probably not for long. I'm sure the, the no, Tories well, have got. Yeah, a, we got are gonna... a, I, I, I didn't listen. I didn't listen to the Queen's speech, but I'm pretty sure there was something in there well, about I, sending children. I boycotted the Queen's speech again. on account of it being a prince's speech, and who gives a fuck what a prince has to say? Mm. And come back when you're king, mate, and I'll consider listening. Well, I mean, that um, could be a few weeks. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say technically he probably already is king. But I think yeah. they got bogged down into detail of. I think because they fucked up uh, King Philip dying so much with complaints about all the coverage, they now that is deeply disconcerting. Just Dan. don't know what to do. Yeah, why is sorry. it? Why is he so little? Uh, I assume he's just quiet. deflated his desk, which is why yeah. the camera's just slowly panned down. So, Either that, or he's got a, he's actually got a cameraman there operating his <laughs> webcam. Well, Dan doesn't well, go anywhere without a full film crew these days, does he? That's true, and this is the boom mic just occasionally popping into shot at the top. And it's not an ego thing, it's uh, court ordered. <laughs> just look, Daniel, we need to make sure this is all documented because... Actually, that would probably help you out a great deal, wouldn't it? Imagine having like yeah. a, a documentary crew following you around and you could just watch the... You know, um, I'm going to reference it again, that film with Drew Barrymore where um, she's going out with Adam Sandler and her memory wipes oh, itself yeah. every time she goes to sleep, presumably it's some kind of defence mechanism. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like, yes, that would be good, but can you imagine what would happen to the film crew? Oh, they'd need... Yeah. It'd have I mean, to be rotated on and off the job fairly rapid, re- yeah. regularly. Like you, couldn't, you couldn't do that long term. I think essentially it's a kamikaze mission, isn't it? The, the yeah. life expectancy of that crew isn't going to be high. Maybe they could just get yeah, like terminally yeah. ill people. It could be like a Make a Wish Foundation thing, except they have to do something awful. 
Yeah. Which is actually, yeah, I, mean, I think, a better idea than Make-A-Wish because all you're doing with Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I think it's high time somebody took those guys down, but what the, what <laughs> they're doing is they're giving this child a glimpse of how wonderful life could be and then sort of knowing that that rug is going to be cruelly whipped out from under them. If they showed them, like, instead of taking them to Disneyland, if they took them to Slough, then they would say, well, I haven't got much time left. It's going to make me appreciate the time that I do have left a lot more because I'm no longer in Slough. And also, no, death reasonable. would be a sweet relief in the end. Yeah. So maybe I mean, there is like- something to be said for the what's opposite of make a wish, I guess, sort of um, give a nightmare. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. You need something a bit pithier than that because the marketing won't yeah. won't work. Yeah. Yeah, just right. maybe maybe terminally ill children should just you know have something awful foisted upon them. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, I mean, surely, I mean, technically, they they already have. Uh, yeah. Okay, I guess well, that's what puts them in that scenario. Yes. Kick them while they're down. That's what we call it. Kick them while they're down. Perfect. Um. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say what just came into my head there, which is a skill I am developing. Um. To the point that every now and then, when I'm having, I'm, I mean, it's what thir- thirty-nine years too late. But well, I couldn't talk for probably one or two of those years, so I think that's slightly unfair. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, in the office, sometimes I will just stop in the middle of a sentence, and people have come to realise that's because I was going to say something awful, and I caught myself. I haven't yet learned to like not get ahead of yourself and that. stop before you start. Yeah, yeah. it came into my head. I didn't say it. I consider that a victory for everyone involved. Yeah. Have HR like put an electroshocker in your chair or something? Um, like, just sort of no, I guess I'm sort of doing it's not quite CBT, is it? Because I'm still thinking the the awful things. But it's certainly the behavioural side of it. I'm thinking, no, real people don't say things like that, Graham. Don't say it. And then that's managing to get to my mouth before my mouth has said the thing. You've effectively trained your nervous system as like the goalie of your mind. Just like yeah. That's a really great example. Yeah. But then the problem is I sort of have to announce I was going to say something awful then and I didn't. And then I sort of look around expecting some kind of congratulations oh, or Lord. yeah. And it's like that bit where the goalie sort of makes a save and they sort of make it look a bit fancy by diving extra, extra yeah. or something. But then, then people will, will a, people, but yeah, people will applaud a good save, won't they? And nobody's applauding yeah. me because they're saying, well, you still yeah, thought but, it. But I think the, the difference is, though, that your scenario would be more like if the goalie was otherwise going to score an own goal. <laughs> yeah, and then, then, then last minute kicked the last it away from the goal. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, well, good, you didn't score an own goal, but what a fuck up yeah, in the first place. He'd run at the defence, nutmegged one yeah. of them, gone round the other, and was sort of dribbling it towards the goal while everybody was looking on thinking, what the fuck are you doing? And at the last minute he kicks it into the stand and then turns yeah. around and like... And then turns and celebrates. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that is maybe a fairer analogy than... Um... But I do sort of see my brain as the opposition, so... Quite a it's something to consider anyway. Mm. But um yeah, the problem is now I've had the thought and my brain will 
persist in thinking it until I say it out loud. And I've discovered it's not really... It's just like run, run, run through a toilet cubicle and just yell it to nobody. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to scream it into the ether at some point. Perhaps that could be a Patreon extra. All the awful things that Graham didn't say, he then says, and you have to pay for that? So no, that doesn't work. Maybe that's what I do for people who don't Patreon us. I just send it to mm. them or like phone them up and shout. No, you think about this. It should be like you know how um, the normal thing is. Like you, you subscribe to our Patreon, get the episodes early and ad free with extra content. Mm. Well, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get the episodes with less content. Mm. Yeah, they so don't have all the awful things, and that the non-patrons have to listen. And to. often you just never get it. Yeah. yeah, but that's true for everyone, though. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Yeah. So after our glut of content over over that week, where we released like four episodes in two days or whatever it was, uh, I then didn't do any more. Um, yeah, it was like I was saying to Dan, I've had my, um, I've, I've been continuing to hand over to the, my Romanian replacement, mm. um, which has been a fun experience because I'm having to teach them all of the things that I learned when I started two years ago and then promptly forgot because they're all completely pointless processes. Um, but they have been told that they have to follow all the processes to the letter. So I'm now having to remember all the processes that we don't. But it's like, you know, like when you, you do your driving test mm. and you pass your test and then like within six months, you would absolutely fail your driving test if you tried it again. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you're always pissed. Yeah, um, it's like that, basically. Yeah. So like there's no what is I can't remember any of the stuff you're supposed to do. I just yeah. remember what I, I was saying to Dan, like my, my objective at the moment is to see what is the like least amount of paperwork I can submit to get a thing through the change control process. Mm. Um, and I've already got it down to half the number of documents I'm supposed to submit. Um, I'm just going to keep omitting a document each time until somebody finally comes back to me and says, like, we can't accept this request. You're missing this supporting documentation. But it hasn't happened so far. I'm wondering if I can do it with no supporting documentation at all and just get them to put a change through on my say-so. I mean, apologies if I've misunderstood the situation, but this really doesn't sound like something that's your problem in any way. Well, it is and isn't, because, like, on the one hand, I'm saying, like, we don't, because we're not being, we're not technically being replaced, right? Technically, these guys are replacing the guys they fired at the end of last year. Oh, okay. But also, once they've bought all these guys on we will probably be surplus to requirements because they will then have a full team of people. Yeah. So, like, we probably will... Like, our, our guess is we probably won't be there beyond the end of the year, but they're not literally replacing us. So it's not like we're, we're training our replacements in the kind of classical sense of, like, you know, we're firing you all and offshoring it to India kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, like, this isn't outsourcing. Either of these guys are in-house. They're just in Romania. Okay. Um, so it's a bit weird. And, like, I don't want to kind of burn all the bridges because so then want to jeopardize. come to me and say like why have you because they've still got contracts with them right not okay. ours. they've got some other contract they just signed for doing work out in india um it's like a three-year contract so, so kind i don't of, want to like set the whole thing on fire but you're kind of in an abusive relationship with them then yeah very much but they're making you yeah. do this bad stuff that you don't want to do because they'll say that maybe they will stop hitting you and you know they could be they could be like they were two years ago when you started. They they can be like that yeah. again. But yeah. You know. but yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's it's abusive in both directions. Mm. So mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's not. Really right. like I suppose it. there's the the aspect of it, the most annoying thing that you're a professional and you know, 
you still have some level of professional pride and won't yeah, consciously... Yeah, I want to actually do a good up. job. Yeah. Even if, like, they're making it actively difficult. Yeah. Um, it does also mean that it's going to be a weird transition to then go and do something different um, where I might have to, like, do lots of work. I think professional yeah. pride is one of the worst things I have. So I've, yeah, got, I've got the... Know, it's, I've it, got the huge lack of work ethic bit down and I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, no no that's that's fine. Professional it's pride the... makes me sort of have to do a good job in spite of that. Whereas if I didn't have yeah. that I could just coast and it would be fine. So instead yeah, no, I, it's, it's I don't really, coast and I really resent difficult. myself for it. Yeah, it's really difficult wanting to actually like turn in work that is of good quality. Mm. Yeah. So speaking of turning in work that's good quality, um now that you've sort of had some first-hand experience of having your job effectively or sort of in a roundabout way replaced by a Romanian, how would we go about doing that with Dan? Because, <laughs> I mean, you were saying... Uh, well, see, this is, this is the thing. So we've got to be careful, right? Because obviously what you can't do is you can't make him redundant. Because yeah. if we make him redundant, then... We couldn't it, afford it. It's it tricky. Couldn't, we couldn't well, afford to yeah. pay. Um, now... Obviously, it would be fairly trivial to sack him for gross misconduct. Well, I was going to say, I think that's um, our that's our golden ticket, isn't it? Yeah. So if we did that, then obviously we could we could look to replace him, and mm. it wouldn't have to be somebody from the UK. Now, the problem we've got is that if we because we are obviously a UK based podcast, um, we might have difficulty hiring from the EU. I think probably if what they heard you know? the podcast, we'd have difficulty hiring anybody. Sure, um, but like it, it's if it maybe if it was done as a sort of managed service, then I was going to say I think uh, an agency use, worker yeah. is is really our best shout here. Well, I don't even think we could do agency worker. I think it would have to be a managed service where we we weren't getting an individual; we were getting a service okay, provided so we, by we just, an yeah. entity. And yes, you'd hope it would be the same guy every week, but it could be someone different if they happen to be busy. But realistically, that's um, not too dissimilar from having Dan on the podcast, anyway. No, no, exactly. Um, you know, you, you, you'd be having you'd be having a conversation with them; they'd have no recollection of, of what happened in the previous <laughs> podcast, and, and very little continuity. But it would yeah. just it would they'd actually have a legitimate reason, which is that yeah. they've never been there before. Yeah, which is. Um, I think nice. So yeah, I think I think we could probably do that, and then that would probably make it easier to hire them um, with the whole Brexit thing. Mm. Um, you know, if you tried to fire me for gross misconduct, you'd have to prove that your conduct was markedly better than mine. That I don't is think that's actually a requirement. Because if that was, yeah. then anyone would ever get sacked. <laughs> well, no, but the, the, like if you can prove that 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 level of um, tomfoolery was. Permitted in other people, it becomes discriminatory. Or well, yes, oh, obviously. I see. So that would be your defence um, that well, these these guys that, do all this shit. Yeah. yeah so I, I was simply behaving at the the expected level of behaviour for the company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's discriminatory to fire me because everyone was doing the same thing. Yes. It's exactly. essentially the it's essentially the the defence that Boris Johnson is attempting to use. It's the everyone else was at it. Mm. Therefore, I shouldn't be fired, or everyone should be fired. Yes. Yeah, so I'm really the sort of the massive problem here then, aren't I? Well, because it, it would be very difficult to fire Dan for gross misconduct if I was still a member of the podcast. Also, you'd probably have to fire Chris as well. Yes. Okay. 
So maybe we need to go for constructive dismissal instead and just mm-hmm. make, I mean, well, how long have we been doing this podcast? Eight years? It can't be eight years. That's not, wow. I think it might be. It might be. Yeah. Okay. So we've been doing it for, and Dan's been on for, let's, let's call it seven years. I think it's, but I mean, we have made this a hostile working environment and yet. It's made no difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how well that would work. Um, I guess we just sort of reduce him to menial tasks until he gets bored and ambitious. But I mean, that's sort of. Well, I don't love tasks, but I'm fine with menial. Yeah. Sort of a menial life, really. <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. that was um, unkind. Um, that's entirely accurate. Okay. Well, I mean, I think my main aim isn't to get rid of Daniel. I think it's more just to have somebody a bit more exotic on the show. And now Chris has got very good access right now to the Grecian market. I thought you were just going to say Chris is going to have a bit of a tan. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't want him to culturally appropriate uh, a Greek person. Um, That's fair. Well, I guess, arguably, that's what he does in quite a lot of his life. Mm. Um, But maybe he could, like, set up an exchange program while he's out there, that he goes onto one of their podcasts and they send Mm. one of... They send Christos back in his place. I think that would be too confusing. I think we'd have to veto anyone called Christos. Well, I yeah. think having a different person on would be too confusing for Dan. And having... Oh, I see what you mean. So well, you just want somebody you can refer to as Chris still. Because I think that's less confusing and upsetting for him. Mm. No, no, he doesn't again. like change. Yeah. Um... No, I don't like changing things I care about. Ah, so actually changing Chris is like ideal for you, really, then? Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, potentially a so we we maybe got access to Romanians via you. You could um, while you're handing over yeah. something and documenting something, you say and slightly weird process. You could one of your um, handover documents that you have to appear on this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, once. exactly. Yeah, say- like I, I, I've never really understood why, but if you want to get the change through the the change board, you you yeah. have to do an episode of the podcast every, every yeah, exactly. Tuesday or Wednesday. You have to go on this show. And basically insult three of my oldest friends. Uh, I mean, believe me, it would not it would not be far from some of the mad requirements that I've had to fulfil to get stuff done in this job. Yeah. So, Dan, what what kind of exotic person could you get us? Mm. You could uh, you could get some of your cough buddies to come on. There's only one Dutch one, and. Well, yeah, there you go. Right, there we go. She's a she, and she's also like that's not a problem, Dan. Yeah, but she's twenty-two. Also, not a problem. I don't, I don't see like none of these are requirements for the podcast. We are not an exclusively middle-aged male like podcast. I mean, we are. We are, but not not conceptually. Yeah, yeah, just just coincidentally. Yes, it's more the HR consequences that I'm concerned about. Uh, Well, well, you can't. no, I'm going to stop that sentence as well. <laughs> well, no, Dan, you're the only problematic one. We're all responsible, mm. grown-up, married individuals. Our hands are all oh. at least 100 miles away from this lady. And I can prove it. <laughs> mm, 
I still feel there's issues. Uh, is she horribly racist? No. Oh, so she's not going to fit in. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair point. Okay. All right, so you're not willing to uh, let us have a Dutch lady. It's disappointing, but I, I guess I understand you have a reputation to uphold in the corkball community. Um, yes. What about... And uh, we? And also, we have had a lady on this show before. That's true. And uh, cool. granted, she then immediately stopped listening and I believe moved to Cyprus. I thought she was already in Cyprus. Uh, no, she was from Cyprus, but she was in England. And uh, okay. I think just knowing that she shared a horrible little sewer island with us was enough to tip her over the edge and say, "No, I have to, I have to go back." Yeah. Well, I mean, really, they should. You know, if you think about it, we provided a valuable service because you know anyone that's still here is, regardless of whether they know us or not, is living in a horrible little sewer island. So, yeah, yeah I guess there is that. Um, yeah, and think about it, we've actually had like multiple female listeners at various points, like not regularly, but yes, but um, she's the only one who has come onto the uh, onto the show. And uh, uh, so, um, well, and my contribution would be: I mean, I have people at work who contractually have to do everything I say. I believe is mm. how that works. So I could order. Convention against ordering ordering them to do inhumane acts. Yeah, no, I can do that. Oh, okay, well, that's that's good for you. Well, how, you should test it out. Get them to like torture each other or something. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought about making them do yeah. stuff to each other. Yeah, yeah. Just to see if they will. Like some of them will have principles or some shit, but you'll weed you'll weed the principal ones out soon enough. Hmm. Like one of those kind of like really awful interview processes that you hear people talk about like you know went to apply for this job and they made me waterboard somebody in the basement in order to i would absolutely love to do that because i'd be doing something i always wanted to do doing it guilt-free because they were told me to do it in a job interview um and yeah. i'd probably get in um like one of those take a break magazines or something yeah mm. yeah I mean that is yeah that is like I I I waterboarded uh, somebody that I'd never met in a company basement for a job. Yeah, and there'd be a picture of me stood in front of a wet table, looking cross and sad. That's how CIA does it now, like just mm-hmm. for, for complete deniability, just like gets in a bunch of randoms and like waterboard, waterboard that person. How do you do that? You've seen it in films. It's fine. Yeah. No. Sorry, Your Honor. Uh, we had this guy was just here for an interview, and he just started waterboarding the the, the terrorist. Um, we we tried to stop him, but we were worried he might waterboard us as well. And it just so happened that he told us all the secrets, and we managed to take down a a terrorist cell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the CIA has done weirder things. Let's be honest. I don't think the Geneva Convention um, has anything on people in the building for an interview. Because they, they oh, yeah, sort of they yeah. occupy a very special legal status, don't they? Because they're not they're not contractors, not really visitors. They don't work there. No, they're not employees yet. Yeah. Um. So I think they are really a legal and moral grey area. They're sort of like a stateless person. Um, mm. Yeah. And especially if you're being interviewed at an embassy, because then you're on um, foreign soil as well, aren't you? So. Yeah, as I understand yeah. it, the second you walk into an embassy building, you have diplomatic immunity. That's how it works. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that yeah, that 
maybe is is the answer to all of the CIA's problems. Uh, work experience with students as well. Same, yeah, same right, principles yeah. apply. Um, but you might, their mum might um, write a letter. Well, mate, if, you, if you're particularly unethical about your work experience, you can sometimes get people to pay to do work experience. Hang on a minute. And There's a the voice of experience. This is a thing I didn't know then. about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens relatively frequently. Um, it's like paid, you know, it's it's completely illegal. But yeah. Is it yeah. like you set yourself up as like a business academy and tell them that's no, the course or something? You just say you've got an internship and, um, or you flag it as like a course. And you advertise it as a paid internship. Yeah. And then when they start, you say, say, ah, here's the catch. You're paying us. Right. Well, they're quite up front. It's like, it, it's like we're, you know, you want experience for us. We'll say nice things about you, but you've got to pay to work here. Right. I need to register a company um, <laughs> and then just start doing internships. I say, you have to come here, pay me £500 and clean my house. Yeah, no, yeah. that works for me. And then waterboard this, uh, my, my neighbour, I guess. Uh, here's the thing. I might have to move house soon. Oh, really? Now, what have you done? Well, I don't know if he heard me, but my neighbour was outside while I was singing a little song to myself the other day. And he didn't... What song? It wasn't problematic. Was it the thong song? No. But was it in a... Were you doing it in a problematic accent? Uh, no. No, this time it was... Well, insofar as it was my accent, yes. Well, okay, yes. Uh, but no, not uh, not a culturally problematic accent. I was singing a little song that went like this. Um, my name's Graham. I'm the coolest guy in town. Would you like to come round and touch my dressing gown? Now... Yeah, no, you're gonna have to. You don't just have to move. You have to leave. Leave the north. Yes. Now I don't know yeah. if he heard me. If if he if we if I had stopped that and we'd made eye contact, then that's very easy. I would have just immediately got in the car and gone to an estate agent and just taken one of their signs. Yes. But there's a chance he didn't hear me, so I don't know. Luckily, it's not the guy who has muscles um, who lives on the other side. It's the guy who I don't. We he sort of gives absolutely no kind of social interaction whatsoever. So I, he, even if he did hear me, I think I could get away with it unless he tells his wife, who is quite nice. Um, just gaslighting. If he ever, ever brings it up, just say, no, that didn't happen. Well, I think the problem here is that that's not a sort of thing that anyone would ever bring up, even if they definitely heard it. So it's hard to gaslight. So I'd have to engineer a scenario in which he talked about it and then gaslight him. Well, and also, it's totally believable that Graham would do that. Yes. So, yeah. Therefore, it has that air of believability that makes it difficult for you to claim that he's making it up. Now, the... like, I'm almost tempted to see if I can like remix it into the theme song. Yeah, I mean, feel free. I'm, I'm happily sign yeah, over yeah. those um, those IPR rights on on that. No problem at all. Um, yeah, feel free to clip that and uh, just play it on a loop. Uh, into my neighbour's house <laughs> so if I can hack his Alexa or something um, but yeah I mean luckily for me it wasn't one of my um, friendly homages to um, other cultures and their accents 
because that mm. I think would be difficult to row back from. Yes. And it Yeah, no, I think I think you're very lucky on that that front. And it didn't contain any swearing, which often the little songs I sing to myself do, just for my own amusement. So it, yeah, it, I think it could have been worse. And that's why I'm contemplating whether I have to move or not, and I haven't already moved. But yeah, no, I think you got the right about that. I think the, the worst thing about this is the only real solution to this is for me to stop singing stupid little songs to myself. Well, you've already stopped saying stupid things out loud. Exactly. So. I mean, yeah, I think my brain needs to meet me halfway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But um, yeah. Anyway, so that was broadly speaking my week. Yeah. I um. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Hmm. The good thing about Chris being thousands of miles away is, and we could wrap it up now, this counts as an episode and nobody's going to start saying one more thing and trying to make us stay up any later because it's quarter past nine. Like a shit Columbo. Go to bed and watch watch telly now. I still have a portion of my evening. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. Right. I'm broadly on board with this concept. Everyone can fuck off then. I'm going to assume that you're going to be meeting offline to... um, Discuss how to like engineer me out of the podcast. No, I've lost interest in the whole concept now. I'm happy to just let you stay. Just inertia is just easier, isn't it? It really is. I love Mm. inertia. Yeah. Inertia. The reason Dan and I have been friends for 30 years. (laughs) No, that's unfair. The the real reason is is Dan's kindness and his warm heart and his, um, and his, his massive dick. I think you mean massive shits, but... No, that is the one thing that is really jeopardising our friendship. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to block another toilet somewhere not in any way to do with your plumbing systems and just tell you that I, I did it not at your house. Yeah, well, the the, the ons, you, you must never, ever go in the ensuite on our bedroom because that's a toilet that it sort of becomes blocked relatively easily. And I, uh, and that's that's with normal human poos. My name's Graham. I'm the coolest guy in town. Would you like to come round and touch my dressing gown? <laughs>